Ephesians 2. Ephesians chapter 2. We'll begin with verse 8. 8. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Mostly this morning we'll be dealing with verse 10. But let us pray before we begin. Father, as we bow in your presence, may you be with us this morning. Open up the scriptures to our understanding. May we honor your word, believe your word, and trust your word, and obey your word this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we think about the Christian life, we emphasize salvation is by the grace of God. And we emphasize that salvation is not earned by works. We don't work our way to heaven. It's by the grace of God. It's a gift of God. If it's a gift, if I give you something, you don't earn it. You receive it freely. Salvation is a gift, so we don't earn it by works. It's given to us freely by the grace of God. But at the same time, we don't deny good works. Jesus, in teaching in the gospel, said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your what? Good works. And glorify your Father in heaven. So good works is an evidence of salvation but not the cause of salvation. And the scriptures emphasize that we should walk as children of light. We should walk as children of light. In other words, we're no longer walking in darkness. We're no longer walking and living in sin, in the pleasures of sin. But we are walking in the ways of the Lord and walking and depending upon the Lord. So we're not against good works. The Word of God emphasizes over and over Good works, holy living, be ye separate, said the Lord. Come out from among them, be ye separated, said God. We are to separate ourselves from the world. You know, Paul said that we've been translated from out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear Son. The Son of God's kingdom is one of holiness, righteousness, godliness. He sends forth the Spirit into our hearts, crying out, My Father. And we have the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, temperance, self-control. These are the things that we're to be walking in, but not in the works of the flesh. We're, we've been told to deny the works of the flesh, casting off works of darkness. In other words, cast it away from me. The Word of God teaches us to abhor that which is evil and to cleave to that which is good. In other words, the word abhor means to hate. We're to hate evil. And we're living in a society which calls evil good and good evil. It's sad what's going on in our nation and in the world. They're turning everything around. They're denying the Word of God. They're denying God. They're denying the very existence of God. Man is so smart now that uh, they don't no, no longer need God. Science has replaced God. They know everything now. But as we look into the Word of God, we find that the emphasis on Paul here in verse 10, we are His workmanship. 
The word workmanship is used two times in the Greek New Testament. It's used here, and it's called, we are his workmanship. And then it's also used in Romans 1.20. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen being understood by the things that are made. That's the same Greek word, things that are made, and we are his workmanship. So his workmanship is the things that are made, even his eternal power in Godhead, so that they are without excuse, talking about the heathen. They can see the heavens, the glory of God declares that there's a God. You can't look up at the sky at night and say, well, there is no God. The word of God says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. So, beloved, we see then this, there's a creation we created in Christ Jesus. In chapter 3 of verse 9 of Ephesians, it says, And to make all men to see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things but Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the creator. You know, the word Jesus is his name. The word Christ is his title. He's t- the title Christ means the Messiah. It's Jesus the Messiah. Both are not his name. Only one is his name. His name is Jesus. They shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. But the, the word Christ or the Messiah is all through the Old Testament. The Messiah was to come to bear the sins of many. The Messiah they were looking for to come, and he came and was born of a virgin and was manifested unto men. And we read about him in the four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He's before all things, and by him all things consist. It says in Colossians 1.16, For by him were all things created. How did the world come into being? Not with the big bang. You know, the scientists, they say, well, you know, there was a cluster of things got together, and uh, uh, there was pressure from the outside caused them to blow up. And this one Christian man said, what caused them to blow up? What pressure was on the outside? This man said, this atheist, I don't want to say what it was. Well, the only, only thing that caused it to blow up would be God. <laughs> you know, they have no answer for that. But creation makes more sense than the Big Bang Theory. There's going to be a Big Bang one of these days when the Lord Jesus comes and the trumpet sounds and the Big Bang will be over. That'll be the Big Bang that they're going to hear one day. Oh, beloved. I want to believe God. I'd rather believe God in the foolishness of men. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers or things, they, all things were created by him and for him. So where did Satan come from? He was created an angel. He was created. He's not eternal. He was created by Jesus Christ, beloved. Jesus created all things, all the angels and this galaxy, the stars, the universe. Everything was created by him. It says in Colossians 3.10, They have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Revelation 4.11 says, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things. Our grandchildren need to know that God, Jesus Christ, created all things. He created all things. It didn't just bang up into somewhere. We have a God who created. 
In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The very first verse of Genesis tells us the origin of everything. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the Word of God says, let God be true and every man a liar. Anything that opposes the Word of God is a lie of Satan. We must take that and believe that. God's Word is the only foundation, the absolute truth. Anything contrary to the Word of God is a lie from hell. You must take that and believe it. And for thy pleasure they are and were created. Everything was created for the pleasure of God and the glory of God and the honor of God. In Christ Jesus. Notice what it says in this verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. As descendants of Adam, we are all wicked and depraved. We come into this world wicked. Now a baby when he's born is not innocent. That baby is wicked and depraved the very moment it comes into this world because of being associated with Adam. We're all born sinners, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is no innocent children. They're innocent in a sense until they come to the point where they sin willingly and freely. But you know, even as a baby, they can sin. Oh, they'll start crying and screaming. You think they're dying. You run to the run to their cradle, see what's wrong, and then they smile at you. You know, <laughs> they learn early. Babies learn early. So we have to realize in Adam we're all sinners. That's why Jesus said you must be born again. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. It says in Ephesians 2.1, And you he hath quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. We're in times past, you walked according to the course of this world. We all did. Every one of us walked according to the course of this world. According to the prince and power of the air, the spirit that worketh in the children of disobedience. We were children of disobedience at one time. All of us were. We obeyed the lust of the flesh. We obeyed, we loved the world, the lust of the eye and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. That was our whole life at one time. We walked in that. We loved that. He goes on to say, among whom also we all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we're by nature children of even as others. Every one of us was in that condition, Brother Roger. We were all born in sin, guilty before God. All beloved needed, needing to be born again. Needed to be quickened by the Spirit of God. And left in that state, we would live ungodly lives and die a sinner for hell. To be punished forever and forever. And if that's not our destination, it's because of the goodness and grace of God. It says in verse 4, But God who is rich in mercy... For his great love wherewith he loved us. Oh, beloved, be grateful this morning if you know God. I know in whom I have believed. We sang that hymn. Beloved, if you know that, it's because of mercy. It's because of the mercy and grace of God. So good works don't come from Adam. Only evil can come from Adam. I want you to know something this morning concerning this truth. The old nature, the old man, it's called the fallen man. The old Adam is wicked. And we still possess that old nature, Brother Rods. We still possess it. Paul says, in my flesh and in his old nature dwelleth no good 
thing. Do you wonder why sometimes you do the things you do that are wicked? It's because you still have the old nature. The old nature will never produce good. The old nature will never produce holiness. The old nature will never give you a desire to follow the Lord, to love the Lord, to obey the Lord. The old nature will only lead you one way, and that's down to wickedness, to sin. And you are always plagued by that until the day you die. you got to keep that in your mind. When you're struggling as a Christian... And a lot of young Christians get confused over that. They get, they're saved by the grace of God and they're walking in the Spirit and they're obeying the Lord. And then all of a sudden they have such a battle with the flesh, with the old nature. They don't understand. It's because you're never totally free from the old nature. But that's why we must be born again. God puts in us a new nature, but we never are totally Without the effects of the old nature, we have to keep that in mind. It's always influencing us, always trying to drag us down, always trying to discourage us. Though Paul says, you cannot do the things that you would. The flesh lusted against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are the contrary, the one to the other. That's why we had to be created in Christ Jesus unto good works or we would have no good works, Brother Roger. If we were left in Adam, the old Adam, and left in sin, and left in the, under the control of the old nature, and under the prince and power of the devil, we would never have any good works at all in our Christian life. But we're created not in Adam, but in Christ unto good works. And you got to come to your head. Who's the head of a believer? The Lord Jesus Christ. It says in Romans 5.12, Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world? And death by sin. That was the lie Satan told in the Garden of Eden, Genesis chapter 3. Thou shalt not surely die. God is wrong. Don't believe God. You won't die when you sin. But it says, and so death passed upon all men for that all sin. We all sinned in Adam. Romans 5.18 says, Therefore is by the offense of one Judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Because of that one act, we all came under condemnation in Adam as a race unit. We are all condemned in Adam. Every individual born in this world in Adam is condemned. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Beloved in Christ Jesus, our head, we are justified and not condemned in Christ. And that's a beautiful, beautiful story there. But we're not going there this morning. Ephesians 2.1 says, And you had the quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. When time passed, you walked according to the prince of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Why are people so wicked out there, you say this morning? Why are they doing such wickedness? Because Satan is working in them to murder and to rape and to molest children and to kill and to lie and cheat and destroy. Satan is busy in the world. And the demons of hell are out there and you can see all the wickedness in the world, beloved. It's because Satan is busy. The demons of hell are busy and they're using the flesh of people who are under their control to bring all this ungodliness and wickedness into the world. 
He uses men to accomplish his purpose. He's using, he's using the president of the United States, Biden, to fulfill his, un, his wickedness and ungodliness. The things that they're pushing in our government is so ungodly and so wicked. It surprises me that God hadn't destroyed America already from the face of this earth. It's only because he has a purpose and a plan that it's not been destroyed yet. But beloved, Satan is busy and active. Among whom also we all had our conversation in time passing the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh, and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as others. So how do we get this new nature? We get the new nature by being born again, the spiritual nature, by spiritual regeneration. We have to be born again. Beloved, this is why Jesus says so clearly in John 3, ye must be born again. You must be born again. That which is born from above. You must be born from above. There's a spiritual gift because you cannot overcome the devil, the flesh, and the world unless you have a new nature. Beloved, we need to be born again to overcome wickedness, evil. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. When you're born again, you're a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. First John 5.11 says, And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life. And this life is in His Son. He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. They don't have eternal life. Life is in Jesus Christ. So to be created in Jesus Christ is to have eternal life. To be born again. Jesus said in John 15, 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches. You know, you got a, uh, you got a, uh, plant, and like Sue has one and has it in water, and it gets the nutrition from the water. But if you take one of those branches and you cut it off, what happened? It'll wither away and die. Beloved, apart from Christ, we would wither away and die. We have what our spiritual life comes from Christ. He says, I am the vine, I'm the root, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. That means we can do nothing, brother, beloved. In Christ, union with Christ is the central doctrine of the gospels of God in the Lord Jesus Christ. All spiritual blessings which is necessary for our salvation is given us because of our union with Christ. Everything we have we receive from Christ. Paul makes this clear in Ephesians 1.3. He says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. We're in Christ. Where does all your blessings come from? From Christ. They are in Christ. And they flow from Christ to us. Paul says in 2 Timothy 2.10, Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake that they may obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Where is salvation at? It's in Christ Jesus. And we receive that salvation into our lives. Every day we're receiving deliverance in our lives. What a blessing that is. Which is the head of all principalities and powers. We were in Christ before God spoke the world into being. In the purpose and mind of God. This is where we got to go all the way back to eternity. 
Romans 3.24 says, The work of redemption is said to be in Christ. The work of redemption. Redemption means to redeem out of bondage and to redeem to the Lord. It says in 3.24, Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. He bought us. He bought us with His precious blood. We've been redeemed out of the slave market, never to return again. Beloved, when we were born in sin, we were born into the slave market. We were under the bondage of Satan. We've been delivered from that kingdom into Son God's kingdom. Now we're out of that market because we've been redeemed by the blood, Brother Roger, by the blood of the Lamb. Been bought with the price. It says in 1 Corinthians 1.30, But of him are you in Christ Jesus, whom of God has made unto us wisdom. He's our wisdom and righteousness. We stand in his righteousness, not in our own. And sanctification and redemption. We've been set apart and we have been redeemed in Christ Jesus. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give it in you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him. Oh, you need to pray every day, Lord. Make Jesus real to me. I want to see more of Christ. I want to see more of His beauty. I want to see more of His fullness. I want to see more of the things of God. Make these things real to my soul. It says in Colossians 1.14, In whom we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Oh, beloved, this morning, are you thankful for the forgiveness of sins? I can ask this question, but I know the answer before I ask it. Have you sinned this week? Yes, you have. In word or deed or thought. Now the question is, have you confessed that this week? You need to keep short accounts with God. The moment you sin, confess it. Now Satan wants you to put it off. He'll bring a guilt trip upon you. He'll make you think, oh, you know, no use for asking forgiveness. But make sure you, you confess your sin immediately. If you, if you sin in word, deed, or thought, take the time to stop and say, Lord, forgive me. Cleanse me for that thought. Cleanse me from this action. Cleanse me from this unlawful desire. Cleanse me for being selfish. Forgive me for being covetous. We need to ask God for forgiveness immediately. Keep the slate clean before you and God. Keep your fellowship between you and heaven open at all times. Any man sin, we have what? An advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. If he comes to you and you run to him for forgiveness, he's your great high priest over the house of God. Say, Lord, thank you for your cleansing blood. It says in 1 John, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We need this on a daily basis. You sin daily. I sin daily. And word or deed or thought, sins of omission, sins of commission. We need to confess those sins on a daily basis. You don't pray once a week. You pray every day, every moment. When you realize you've sinned, go before the throne of grace in your mind. Say, Lord, forgive me. Apply to my conscience your love and forgiveness in my heart. The blood of Christ was shed one time. It's not being reshed. It was shed one time, but the effects of the blood is continually, present tense, always continually cleansing us from all sin. That's how God deals with our sin. His blood of Christ is every day of our lives cleansing us from sin, keeping us in the sight of God pure. We're righteous in Christ. Oh, be thankful this morning for forgiveness. You know, Jesus healed ten lepers. 
But only one came back and thanked him for that, Brother Ranch. How many has been forgiven? And how many has come back and say, Thank you, Lord, for giving me a sinner? Like the publican who smoked his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Me, a sinner. I'm a sinner. Have mercy on me. We need to get fall on our faces before our God in private and pray to the Lord and say, Thank you, Lord, for the blood that was shed for me that keeps continually cleansing me from the spot defilement of sin in my life in word and deed and thought. Thank you for so great a salvation. Be thankful to the Lord. What a blessing that is, beloved. As I said before, all spiritual blessings which is necessary for our salvation is given us because of our union with Jesus Christ. We should be thankful for that. The work of reconciliation was accomplished in the context of union with Christ. To be reconciled back to God. We are enemies with God. And Jesus has reconciled us back to God. We're, we're friends with God in this in the sense that we, that enmity has been removed. The natural man, it says, even his mind is enmity against God. And he cannot subject himself to God because his mind is enmity. He hates God in his nature. That's why we need a new nature. As beloved children, be you followers of God as dear children. When we're children of God by the new birth and been born again, we have that nature that we can love God. And submit to God. And bring forth the good works that God has produced in us. Christ's sufficiency and representative work. The elect were in Christ when He died and was raised from the dead in Christ. Galatians 2.20, Paul shows his identification with Christ. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Never forget those last few words of the Apostle Paul. The Son of God who loved you. He loved you and he gave himself for you. Keep that in front of your mind. He's your substitute. He's your sacrifice. He's your lamb. He's the lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. He's the one who redeemed us and bought us and purchased us. And by his stripes we're healed. By his blood we're cleansed. Beloved, we everything that we have is in Jesus Christ. Even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together with Christ. When we were dead in sins, before we were ever born, we were quickened with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together. When Christ was crucified and He was buried, we were buried with Him. When He came out of the grave, we came out of the grave with Him as our representative. He's our representative. That's why his death is our death. He died for you, you and I. He died for us. He represented each one of his children. Raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are right now sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. What a beautiful thought that is, beloved. He died, we died. He was Buried, we was buried. When he arose, we arose with him. And when he ascended into heaven, we ascended with him. 
And we sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Oh, the Word of God is so clear and plain on this subject. What a beautiful message of salvation. What a beautiful, uh, as we see that we were created in Christ Jesus under good works which God ordained that we should walk in them. Beloved, it's just as natural for us to love God as it is when we love the, love the things of the world because we have the nature. It's unnatural for a child not to love their parents. God created us with a natural love for our love and father and our mother. It's natural. And once you're born again of the Spirit of God and you have passed from death unto life, you've been born again and you have the nature that God has given you a new nature. It's just as natural for us to love the Father, to love the Son, and love the Holy Spirit as it is in our human nature to love our parents. It's unnatural not to love your parents. And people who profess to love God and know God and, know, and, and don't love God, don't obey Him, don't show any affection to God, it's an evidence that they've never been born again. People can profess anything. But Jesus would say in that day, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. But they'll profess, oh Lord, we did this in thy name. We did that in thy name. Then he said, I'll profess unto them. I never knew you that work iniquity. If people are working in iniquity and living in sin and ungodliness their whole life and expecting the end, well, I'm going to heaven. And and they die in their sins. Jesus said, if you if you believe not that I am He, you shall die in your sins. God's children will believe in Jesus Christ in this world, and there's many who deny that. But they're denying the very Word of God. They're denying the Scriptures. They're denying the Word that we preach. They're denying the truth. And by denying the truth, they're denying the Word of God. The Word of God says as many as were ordained to eternal life believe. That's the Word of God. If you all have eternal life, then you're going to believe. God chose you through sanctification of the Spirit and belief for the truth. Beloved, that's the Word of God. People say, oh, that's not necessary. We don't believe that. Then you don't believe the Word of God. People don't believe God's Word today. They want to change the Word of God. You know, Satan told Eve, oh, that's not true. You won't die. You won't. It's not, that's not what it means. And we have a lot of preachers preaching today a half of a salvation. They preach a salvation that they say is eternal, and that's it. Salvation, the other salvation that happens in, in this world, they say, well, don't worry about that. Don't make any difference anyway. Doesn't matter whether you believe. Doesn't matter what you do. Doesn't matter how you live. Doesn't matter whether you're wicked or unwicked. But when you die, you go on to glory. That's a lie from hell. Satan's masterpiece. Satan's masterpiece. They preach a half a salvation. They preach a partial salvation. They preach a salvation where God just sits back and lets you do what you want. You earn your blessings. You earn your, you earn all these blessings from God by your good works. It's nothing but free will. It's nothing but free will. And there's so many this morning in the primitive Baptist pulpits preaching this doctrine of conditional time salvation. It's a sad testimony to the primitive Baptist faith that so many are teaching such a heretical teaching from the pulpits. But we're going to believe the Word of God. 
Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. You can't follow somebody you don't believe in. And you can't believe in somebody you have not heard. Paul said that in Romans chapter 10. How can they believe in him they have not heard? How can they believe without a preacher? It takes the preaching of the word for a person to come to belief and faith in Jesus Christ. You look at the word of God and you see all through the scriptures. You see Lydia. First God opened up Lydia's heart. Then what did she do? She listened and she obtained to the things spoken by Paul. But she had to have an inward work before she listened to Paul. You take Cornelius. He was praying and the Lord revealed to him that he needed to call for Peter, send men to over there and get uh, have Peter come and to explain to them the way of life. Now God could have revealed to Cornelius the way of salvation himself, if that was his purpose, but he didn't. He sent and got Peter. Peter came, and what did Peter preach unto Cornelius and them? He, they preached the way of salvation, the way of life in Jesus Christ. God brings the gospel to his elect people. And every evidence that we have in the word of God, you don't find any person walking around born again who's not brought to life and belief and faith in Christ. You can't show me one person. People say, oh, all you have to be is born again. That's all. It doesn't matter whether you believe or not. You don't find that teaching in the Scripture. Everyone that born again believes. Everyone that born again believes. They believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice. They will. And they will follow me. And they follow through hearing the Word of God and the preached Word of God and they believe in Christ and they follow Him and they obey Him. They say it doesn't matter whether you obey God or not, how you live, whether you're wicked or not, you still go to heaven because Christ died for you. Beloved, if Christ died for you, you will follow Him. Now, who are you going to believe? The Lord Jesus Christ or some false prophet? There's a lot of false prophets out in the world today. A lot of them. Even among so-called primitive Baptists, which I hate to say, but there's many that are teaching a false salvation. They're preaching a false gospel. They're preaching a perverted gospel in the sense that they say godliness doesn't have anything to do with salvation. How you live has nothing to do with your salvation. God doesn't care whether you live holy or unholy. He'll take you to heaven anyway. Beloved, that's not the teaching of God's Word. He tells us, be ye holy for I am holy. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Walk as children of light. These are commands to God's people. And it's not just for some of them. See, they believe some people are called to live in the church and some of the rest of them are left outside. Beloved, Jesus calls all His people to be a member of His congregation. We need to follow Christ and His Word, not listen to the false teachings of men it grieves my heart as you listen to some of the teaching going on today. Now, they're teaching truth in the sense that Jesus, there is no conditions for salvation. That's true. Jesus has paid for salvation. But salvation doesn't stop at the cross. 
It flows from the cross into our lives in, in being born again and being believer in Jesus Christ and being a follower of Christ and living for Christ and willingly dying for Christ. As in the book of Revelation, they love not their lives unto death. They were willing to overcome the devil and they overcame them by the blood and they love not their lives unto death. We should have that same spirit. But we have the spirit that we want to follow Christ. How do you know you're born again? I'll say this very clearly, that if you're born again and a believer, you will follow Christ. Only reason a person won't follow Christ, they don't have the desire. If you don't have the desire, you haven't been born again. Now, beloved, I believe that's the word of God, teaching of God's Word. So the evidence of being a believer, if you're not following Christ, there's no evidence you are a believer. And I say that in Christian love to all of us. Goes on to say in this verse, and the life which I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ by grace are you saved, and that raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come we might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Blessings which we receive when salvation is applied in Ephesians chapter 1 because of our union with Christ. First of all, we see the work of the Father in Ephesians 1 in verses 3 through 6. Second, we see the work of the Holy Spirit verses 7 through 12. Third, we see the Holy Spirit's work in verses 13 and 14. We see God working in our lives. Blessings we receive from being in union with Christ in God's eternal purpose or coming from the everlasting covenant. Beloved, we are blessed so much with so many blessings. I'm just going to name a few. We're blessed in election. We were chosen before the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1.4. That's a blessing. Adoption. We we're adopted sons of God. Romans 8.16 and 17. Ephesians 2.4-5. We're the adopted children of God. And adoption takes place before your belief. You don't believe to become adopted. adopted. Some teach that. That faith is the cause of salvation. That adoption is, is because of your belief. No, you believe because you are adopted. You, and justification, Romans 3, 24, 8, and chapter 8, verse 1 and 2 and 5, 1. Beloved, we're justified in the mind of God from eternity and we're justified in our conscience and time. And beloved, there's a difference between the two. Faith is not the cause of our belief, but justification before God is why we do believe. If we hadn't been justified before belief, we would never believe, period. How, do, how can you believe in justification if it doesn't exist until you believe? Oh, what a gift it is. Regeneration is a gift to us. We have to be born again to understand these things, to receive these things, to have the heart and nature to believe God, to trust God, to love God. And through that regeneration comes calling. We're called by the gospel of Jesus Christ unto that glorious privilege of salvation in our conscience and mind to know the things of God that are freely given us. Sanctification, forgiveness of our sins before that. Forgiveness. God brings us to forgiveness. We know that our sins have been forgiven. We know that our sins are washed away. What a blessing that is. Ephesians 1.7 and Colossians 1.14. 
Sanctification, the word sanctify means to be set apart for God. We're set apart. 1 Corinthians 1, 2 and 30, Galatians 2, 20, Colossians 3, 1. Righteousness. We have the righteousness of Christ, which I read earlier, 1 Corinthians 1, 30, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, and 2 Timothy 2, 9. Oh, the righteousness of Christ. Paul says in that last day, I want to be found in Him. I don't want to be found in my own righteousness, which is of the law, but be found in the righteousness of Christ, which is received by faith into our conscience. Preservation. We've been kept by the power of God, as I preached last week, Romans 8, 35 through 39, 2 Corinthians 1, 21. One of Brother Roger's favorite verses, Who shall separate us from the love of God? Who? No one can separate us from the love of God because we've been kept by the power of God, reserved unto salvation until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're being kept. Jesus gives us wisdom and knowledge, Colossians 2.10. Beloved, our knowledge comes from the Lord through the Holy Spirit. Christian liberty, Galatians 2.4. Spiritual maturity, Colossians 1.28, which have been mature and grow in knowledge of Jesus Christ. Good works are not notorious. We don't merit. Yet they are important that God created us in order that we should perform them. God created us to perform good works. Some people want to say God stopped at regeneration. Now the rent from that point on, it's all up to you. Whether you live for God or not, whether you want to believe or not, whether you want to obey the gospel or not, whether you want to join the congregation or not, it's all up to your free will. Beloved, I don't find that taught in the Scriptures. I find in the Scriptures I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. It's only in Christ and through Christ that we do can do good works. But some teachers want to separate Christ from good works and give man's free will all the glory. That's a shame. He that glory, if the Word of God says, let him glory in the Lord. created us, God created us and prepared us to good works. Christ is our enabler. He enables us. John 15, 5. Without me, you can do nothing. Galatians 2, 20. I can do all things through Christ, Paul says. Philippians 4, 13. He's our example. John 13, 14 and 15. 1 Peter 2, 21. Leaving us an example that we should follow his steps, Peter says in First Peter. He left us an example and then he also gives us the power to follow his example. Hallelujah. What a savior we serve. We sang that song. Hallelujah. What a savior. It's a blessing indeed. God put faith in us at re- regeneration and works are a fruit of faith, love, joy, peace, long suffering, Kindness, faithfulness, meekness, self-control. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. To bear fruit and walk in good works are the same thing. When a certain occupation has the love of a person's heart, he or she is walking in it. To walk in them no longer in trespasses and sins. We're not to walk in trespasses and sins anymore, but to walk in the fruit of the Spirit to walk in good works, to love the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, Paul says in Philippians, it's God who works in you both the will and to do of His good pleasure. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, but it's God which worketh in you. You can't separate God from you, 
when it comes to good works. There's no good works apart from God. So to say that by your own free will you can do good works is to deny the truth of God's Word. May we pray. Our gracious and loving Father, may you bless message to our hearts today. Help us to love the Lord Jesus Christ with all our heart and soul and mind. And may the truth set us free. The Lord Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and truth shall set you free. In his name we pray and give thanks. Amen. Does someone have a song to offer to the Lord?